Have you ever felt like there's more to a job than just checking in in the morning and checking out at night? There definitely is. And for those high performers, we call that the call to contribute. The call to contribute is what matters most in your job. And I'm going to tell you more about that in this episode. I'm Lindsay Mustang, and this is the Career Design Podcast, made for driven, ambitious square pegs and round holes type professionals who see things differently and challenge the status quo. We obliterate obstacles and unlock hidden pathways to overcome and succeed where others have not. Stagnation feels like death, and we are unwilling to compromise our integrity and settle for being average in any way. We are the backbone of any successful business, and those who overlook our potential are doomed to a slow demise. We do work that truly matters, aligns with our purpose, and in turn, we make our lasting mark on the world. We are the dreamers, doers, legends, and visionaries who are called to make our most meaningful contribution and love what we do. Hello and welcome to the Career Design Podcast. This is episode three, It's More Than a Job. Today, I want to talk to you about why it matters so much about what we do in our work. Now, there are really five sources of well-being. That's what Gallup, um, the human capital kind of uh, data gathering institute, they do a ton of surveys on here. And they said there's really five sources of well-being. And so the first one is occupational, okay? So occupational well-being, and I talked a little bit about this, but occupational well-being is the key driver to finding out if we will be satisfied with our life. And that seems like like a big thing, but I want you to think about that and say, okay, why does it matter what we do when we go to work? And that that question is what's going to kind of drive you here in really trying to dig deeper about what what matters here. And I mean, I want to talk to you like at a soul level. So um, I want you to let go of the constraints of like, well, you know, like it lets me provide family or food for my family. It lets me get, you know, have, um, I get paid time off and I have benefits and all of those things. I'm just going to say that's, that's not like a, a special thing. That's what every employer should be offering that has a substantial size. Like that's what they really need to be offering. And so when you think about well-being, uh, the first one is occupational. Okay. And here's where the kind of trickle down approach says, uh, when we first focus on, uh, well-being, then the next thing, sorry, uh, occupational well-being, the next thing that's directly contributing to this is, uh, financial well-being okay so um if you think about the uh, maslow hierarchy of needs at the very bottom we're kind of coming to the basics okay a little bit up higher now we've got food lodging shelter partners like we we have relationships at the very top is self-actualization well money falls really far down on that list because money is what causes us to be able to survive right we need money to pay for the things that we have in our lives and that that's why so financial well-being is one of the major stresses i mean it's the number one reason people get divorced and that money constraint that's a really difficult thing. So without money, (laughs) we are really in a pickle. So the first one is occupational. So if you have no job, notice no money. Okay. So that's why these two kind of overflow together. Okay. The third source of well-being is a community well-being. And what I mean by community is that can vary based on 
what you do and who you are. So for me, my community is not just my clients, but the community I live in and having relationships and being connected to that community. In fact, it's one of the biggest things we can do for at-risk youth is get them involved in their community. It's a huge way for them to reverse that trend. And having um, community well-being is something that we aren't pretty good at right now. I mean, we have lots and lots of virtual networks and we are not connecting in any real shape or form. And so this, this is one that also really impacts. And here's why. If you don't have an occupation and that gives you financial, then how can you give back in your community, right? Like, how do you get involved? How do you go buy things in your local community? How do you do that? And so the community aspect um, is there. The, the third thing, or sorry, fourth here is going to be your social well-being. Okay. Social well-being. Uh, humans are, we are meant to live in groups. Like we created our own concrete jungles and isolate ourselves in individual little places, but that's not how we were designed. We, our parents were never meant to raise children by themselves. We were never meant to be isolated. Um, that kind of happened when agriculture came in and we built our own farms and then each little pod family that's typically really large at that time, that was their, you know, their social and uh, it disconnected people. That's what agriculture did instead of us like kind of growing together as we did as tribes. And, you know, obviously there are some really big benefits of agriculture, but as we've continued to, to go down that path, we become more and more and more isolated. And then, you know, this because you're sitting inside of quarantine right now and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. I miss people. Like I say to people, I'm like, I miss hugs. I miss hugs because I'm a hugger and I am a people person. And I just miss that being able to commune together and, and be with people. So social well-being, um, like that is at a 75% if you were like maxing out considering the constraints in the current environment. Okay. And then the last thing is your actual fill, uh, fill, let me try that again. It's your physical well-being. Your physical well-being is the last one. And when I'm talking about your physical well-being, I mean, I'm talking about your health and, um, the ability for you to go through life without pain. You don't have, um, you don't have any struggles with what we call activities of daily living, uh, any of those things, those struggles. And, you know, they always say, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And that's where like, you can't take care of your health unless you have financial and your financial comes from your occupational. So when I think about this, it's like a giant um, diagram, uh, like a Venn diagram. And right in the center is where occupation lies in and it overlaps with all of these different things. Okay. So when we talk about like, Oh, you know, I hate my job, which is, um, it's estimated 80% of people hate their job. Uh, and think about quitting every single day. So, it's the majority that's out there that's like, I hate this. And I'm going to tell you, there's not going to be a job where you're not like, oh my God, I don't hate some particular point of this. But in general, people are like, they have a total disdain and they live for the times when they get to go home. So when you are being totally bashed down at work, beaten down, you're, you feel censored, you feel unheard, you don't feel recognized, you don't feel appreciated do you think you can go home and give your best life to your family, to your social, to your physical well-being? Do you see how that's in conflict of everything? So this is why I say it's more than a job. It's not just about 
you having something that you go and do work and work is really important to us. When I say occupation, that means even retirees, they need to have some sort of occupation. Um, and this is where they might start passion projects or they go just to be around people because if you don't have some sort of occupation or higher purpose, that's, that's actually like, it's a cause of less life expectancy because there's nothing really to live for. You kind of maxed out. And when you retire, you realize like all those things like, Oh my God, I've worked all my life to retire. And then you're like, okay. And I, my body is not like what it was when I was younger. And my friends, like, you know, I'm still incredibly isolated and it's very lonely. And if you've been in the job search process, you know how incredibly isolating that is. No one really understands you. And I know that we've gone through this major crisis where we've had millions of people filing unemployment and it still doesn't seem to click. One of the things is it's um, mostly blue collar and people who are essential workers um, with, uh, let me try that again, they're frontline workers, but not deemed essential and so because they ha actually have to touch a customer or be in front of a customer, those are the jobs that have gone away. The white collar jobs in particular have rebounded really quickly. And um, this is where, again, I want you to grow into that point where you have something that allows you to work wherever you are and you don't have to actually be around people. This is why it's been able to be, um, the rebound has been so quick for the white collar jobs is because they, they have the ability to work anywhere and they contribute in a way that's allowing them to work virtually and remotely, which I've always said is something that's pretty easy to negotiate if you understand. But now it's like, it's, it's a non-negotiable because we're in the middle of a crisis and you need to do whatever it takes to protect your health. Remember physical well-being. If you're not physically well, you definitely can't go to work. Okay. And I, I don't know if you've ever been in a job that actually makes you sick, but that's what can really happen here. Okay. <laughs> My puppies over here. Uh, and so what I want you to think about, um, when it, you say it's more than a job, it means that you know, in your heart, and I want you to just tune in just a second here. Listen to your heart about, am I doing what I am supposed to be doing? Just pause for a second. Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And you may not be able to hear their voice, but there's a little voice inside of you that's telling you, hell yeah, or no. And finally, you're listening to me. And we have intuition about these things, but we love to like say, oh, you know, like I need safety, I need security. And I'm like, guys, I don't know how much less secure I can paint the picture of corporate America, but we laid off millions of people as soon as it didn't serve us because we couldn't keep up the operational. I mean, the company needs to survive. So in order to do that, they have to trim the fat and that's people. And I'm sorry to be so like that straight and narrow, but they have to survive. And so I want you to think about you as being in the business of you. You are a business and you get to decide who you decide to take investments from. Meaning I'm going to trade my value for an investment. Um, not like I'm going to trade my life because you gave me a job with benefits. Like that's not a healthy, that's not a healthy way. You always, if you want to know the secret to negotiating anything, it's you need to have walking power, which means you have the ability to walk away and you know, you're going to be just fine. And a lot of times people don't know that, <laughs> that they're going to be just fine, but I'm going to tell you it's going to be okay. And how I know this is that if you are listening, You've been okay every single day of your life. You made it, you made it through. So if I was gonna make a hypothesis about your future, 
knowing what you've been through already, you are definitely going to be fine. And so I want you to think about now this call to contribution. When I talk about a call to contribution, there are people who out there and they're like, I am meant to help people. In fact, when I was a little girl, people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think the beginning was like, I want to be a firefighter, a ballerina and a singer. None of those worked out obviously. But I said later on, I just want to help people. And I feel like this, this is very true of most of the people that I surround myself in. They are all about what they can give to others to help elevate them. Like we all grow together. Now that's what we should be doing but it doesn't really happen. We settle for having a job that has good benefits. We settle for being treated badly because we got stock options, or we continue to live inside of a business that is uh, in complete cascading failure because we've been there. We've been there 15 years and we're loyal to the end. And I'm going to tell you that you need to reframe everything about you. So here's the reality. If you can't put you first, you're never going to be first. And I can tell you this as a mother, that unless I spend time in the morning to take care of me, and after they go to bed <laughs> a little bit, that I have nothing left to give. And I thought I was doing a really good job of self-care. And I realize now I didn't, I didn't. In fact, I see that as my self-care has continued to increase. And I mean, I get up at 5 a.m. and I start work around eight. So I have a solid three hours and those three hours is where I get to the point where I do hear the voice inside of me that says, what am I needing to do? Who do I need to talk to today? Who needs to hear this message? And I want you to be able to tune into your voice that does that because there's something inside of you that's saying, yeah, there's something more for us. And I'm going to tell you that most of the time you're scared. You're scared. And um, I mean, I'll tell you when I walked away from Amazon, I'm going to tell this story on another episode. When I walked away from Amazon, I had nothing. I walked away from my stock. I walked away from benefits. Uh, at the time, my husband was stay at home dad. And I walked away on my laurels. Like I just rested on them and walked out the door because I felt like my values were being compromised and that my integrity, which is a trait of those who believe in career design, that my integrity, I was not willing to compromise that for anyone. And if I couldn't fulfill what I said I was going to do, then I was going to find a way to make it happen. So if I said you should treat candidates like they're human beings, like they're welcome guests because they're your customers. If they haven't been your customer, they may never be your customer again, but they might be in the future. And every time somebody comes into our sphere of inside of our business, interacting in any way, shape or form with our brand, it should be the highest experience, especially for the people who make the business run. I have zero clue why we don't see our employees as being even more important than our customers. Because if you don't value them, what's the likelihood they're going to pass that same philosophy down to their customers? So, you know, when you have somebody, and the best example I can say is like, you got to call in and you need to do a return or something. You got to call a support desk and you can tell those people like they hate what they do. They hate it. And we come preloaded into that conversation like, I'm ready to ask for your manager, I'm ready to be pissed off, and all of these things. And like those people, as somebody who's been on the inside and hired those people, those are the people that work the hardest. They take like 60 calls a day dealing with the bullshit. And they're not meant to do that. Like that's, that's not the place, or in a place where they literally hate what they do, how can you mitigate that? Because there are some people who love it. 
They're so good with customers and they can de-escalate and retain them and make them feel like they're special and treasured. And it can't come unless you actually treat your employees well. Okay, so when I talk about this call for contribution, what I mean is that we're not okay. We are not okay just settling, okay? And I know some of you are going, oh my God, I have been settling this whole time. And I want you to know that whatever has happened in the past, we can't fix that. I call it like when we should, we should all over everything. We can't fix should, okay? That's just a nice way of saying I'm going to blame myself for something. I have zero ability to control now. That is past. We need to let go and start focusing on the here and now and what we envision for our future. You can't just be focusing on you know, this, um, the idea of like, oh, remember that day that was really good? Like you can't live in the past or when I get to go on vacation, you can't live there. You got to live in this moment. Now, that doesn't mean you can't create your future. Abraham Lincoln said the best way to predict your future is to create it. I love that quote. Yes, it's yours. Here's your future and you get to mold it and shape it. And this is where like, you're going to measure whether or not your life mattered by whether or not you made a contribution. That's it. And I remember I was checking out, um, and I love the dollar store. So I was at the dollar store getting, I wanted to make some candles. Um, and they have just beautiful things to make candelabras. So total side story there. But I remember they were wrapping up uh, my glass. And uh, I looked down and there's the obituaries. And um, the first thing it said was, it was this older gentleman and he had passed away. And it said, electrician, father, husband. And it broke my heart because what world do we put electrician before husband, father, right? Those are totally messed up. Okay. And that's actually how we've tend to prioritize. Like our career is everything. And yet we hate it. We hate it. And we, and even though we may have the best job in the world, a job they created for you. Hello, that's me. And I still hate it. That means that's not serving me. And I have to learn to let go. I have to learn to let go of that and say, I am on a quest to find something where that aligns with my purpose. And so when we talk about the dream job zone, I'm saying it's the right job. Okay. The right job means the scope of your responsibilities, the things that you get to do. Stop doing shit you hate. Okay. There's the first rule. It's a really easy one to start. Like if I hate it, don't market that, okay? That's the first thing to let go. Next is the right company. And here's the right company. It's going to have this right value system, the value system. And then the, one of the most important people in your life is always going to be your boss. They're going to be one of the most important people. It doesn't matter whether you like them or not. What matters is um, that they're going to influence and control, you know, whether you work late, like when I text my team late at night, like, ah, I feel bad about that. And so my goal is I want them to come to work and love what they do too. It's, it's one whole other thing to say, you should do this, but I embody that inside of my team as well. Like they need to be loving what they do. And if not, we need to have a conversation about changing the contribution. Okay. And I wish this is how most managers look at it, but they say, no, you know, here's a cookie cutter job description. Can you do that? And then we throw in that other duties as a sign. That's just a very big catch all. So we can just throw everything on your plate and get away with it. Um, and so I want you to think about what goes back to that call inside of you and that voice. I mean, if you are struggling to hear that voice, but you're in something, somebody, let me try that again. In your mind, something is resonating right now with what I'm saying. Then you just need a little hold space 
for that. Hold space for the intention that I'm going to listen when you speak, this little voice inside of you. I'm going to listen when you speak. And then I'm going to go and act on it because this is actually who you are. Like this, and to supersede any beliefs, what I mean is you are not just a body. You have some spirit in you, whatever you want to call it, the universe, God, the divine, whatever it is, you have something that's inside of you that's incredibly important. And I cannot say this to you enough, but there is something inside of you that you are better than anyone else in the world at. And I know that some of you are like, Psh. but the truth is there is only one of you. There's only one of me and there's only one person who does what I do and I'm the best at it. Okay. i totally embrace that because one, I've worked with so many clients. We have success stories that it feels like magic. And it is just because they started tuning in to that voice first. That's really the biggest thing. And so when we tune into that and we stop listening to logic and start hearing like, here's what I feel. We seem to abandon, like we're going to do logic for emotions, but we're really emotionally based. I mean, this, there's a reason why I just <laughs> opted resigned, like not even anybody seeing it coming. I was just like, Nope, I'm not going in and I'm sending my resignation notice. And that's cause I was chickened out <laughs> because I was like, I can't do it. And I don't know what else is out there for me but I can't do this anymore. And I can't treat people like they don't matter. Okay. Because they do, they do matter. You matter. You have an important thing to accomplish here in this world. And I know you're, some of you are like, I don't have any clue what that is. Guess what? That's where everyone starts. So you are in the right place. If you were thinking that the only thing that you can do wrong here is if you choose not to listen, if you choose not to make space for that boys, and you choose to ignore that call for contribution. And I mean, we have a little girl who's on the front of, of times talking about, um, you know, the environment. And she, I think she's 13, right? Like you are never too young or too old to believe that you can make a difference. The only thing that makes that decision is whether or not you believe it. So here's what I want you to know. There's a reason why what you do matters. And it is more than a job. It is how you will feel about your life at the end of your days. And I know that most of us don't want to think about that, but I think about that all the time as somebody who's lost my dad and my brother very young. And I'm like, I have a, I have no idea how long I have, how many breaths I have left in my body. So every day is sacred. Every day is an opportunity to help someone. And you can do that same thing. And it may not feel like this, you know, giant thing, but I'm going to tell you, there's something inside of you that will uplift and empower all of those around you as soon as you're able to tune into what that is. Okay. And you're not going to have a clear message. It's not going to be like, you know what? You should be an accountant. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be like, this isn't serving you. So we need to find out what you really want. And that's why I created this podcast. So I want you as my, my ask of you this week is to take time, take 30 minutes of silence, turn off your notifications, you know, uh, lock your bedroom door, whatever you got to do to make space for yourself and just listen. And if it helps you, you can just journal here, but I want you to know the biggest thing that you can do that'll detract from this is being complacent. Okay. Remember that, you know, the comfort zone on the couch, we don't want to live in that. Like while that's comfortable, nobody ever wrote a, a story about a person who did that. Okay. There's something about you that's magical. There's something about you that is so 
profoundly gifted. And most people have zero clue what it is, which is where I come in. And that's my superpower is to be able to see what is so remarkable about you. And I'll give you a quick example. One of the jobs that I help um, the majority of the people that I work with for a single job uh, is a vice president of human resources, however you want it to be, VP of people. Um, and I've worked with so many of them. And guess how many of them are alike? They have similar philosophies. They are completely different skills that we market for every single person. Yes, for the same job. Because guess what? As soon as we put out what we want, we align to that and we attract it to us. But we have to call our shot. We have to choose. And I know sometimes that's scary. Let me tell you, like nobody, if anybody had asked me, like, do you think this is what you're going to be doing with your life? I would have said, no way. I'm hyperventilating on stage. No, this is not. But here I am. And you know why? It takes a lot to show up every day. It does. It does. But because there is somebody who is listening to this right now who needed to hear me say these things. They needed to know that there's somebody who believes in them. I believe in them even when they don't believe in themselves. That's why I'm here. And so my goal is in this podcast, as we continue, we're going to expose parts of yourself that don't even seem to make sense about job searching. However, they are critical to finding that dream job zone and finding fulfillment and letting go of complacency. And so this is what is the most powerful thing about career design is when you start to say, you know what? that future for me is not given to me by somebody else. Somebody else doesn't create the opportunities. You know who creates those opportunities? It's you. It's you. And being able to message that and, and structure that, that's where I come in and help you, okay? So that's the end of this episode three. It's more than a job because it really is. So here's what I want you to do for me. I still have my amazing contest going on where I'm giving a $20,000 coaching package away. How do you get into it? One, please go subscribe to me. Whatever platform you are listening on, go subscribe, please. Listen to all the podcasts that we're releasing. And then I want you to rate it, rate and review. Um, tell me what you think about it. Tell me what you would love to hear about. Just tell me anything, because I'm trying, this is for you. I'm curating this for you. So I want to know what you think. And the last thing is I want you to go to careerdesignpodcast.com and I want you to go opt into my mailing list. And the reason here is you'll get on to the entry for the contest uh, for if you like, subscribe and review and join my mailing list, you get entered in the contest. But there's also going to be some amazing things in store for those that join me. So I want to send you a special gift and I want you to know how important you are in this world. And I know that it probably feels like Maybe you've never even been seen before, but I need you to know that you matter, okay? Your life matters and what you do matters and you have the potential to impact all the people around you if you understand how to unlock what I'm talking about and find ultimate fulfillment. And it's not a dream. It's something that we do every day here inside a talent paradigm. So I thank you for listening and thank you so much for joining for this episode.